Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mile 99 interview. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Turner. As you know, the Mile 99 is a place to hang out with our like-minded folks in our running community, share our stories, successes, failures, and our deepest trail secrets. It's also a place where you can get the latest in local race news, find out what's going on in our community, where to volunteer, where to help out. We record live on live on Zoom and Facebook. Uh, one take, no break. So unlike in your morning 5 a.m. running groups, what you say here, we, we're going to record it. We're going to keep it in our pocket just in case we need to have some ammunition for later on down the road. I'm joined by my favorite co-host. I have two favorites, uh, Jessica Harris. How's it going, Jessica? It's going pretty good. Let's see what's going on. Oh, I was at a TRT this weekend, and that was very warm. <laughs> my kids came home and drank like my oldest daughter came home and drank two and a half gallons of water on Monday because it was ju- just heat and elevation. We're used to the heat, but the elevation was not no joke. But we had a beautiful time, beautiful race, got some good content. I saw Mike Turner. Mike Turner, how are you? I'm doing good. So like we said, Greg is not here this today. He's on vacation, which is he deserves. So he ran the TRT 100. And then next day he was out of town. So he's recovering somewhere in a different state. But I'm doing good. I, I uh, Behind me, this is TRT coming down the road from Tunnel Creek. So for years, I when I've been at Tunnel Creek and I've come through there, I've loved it. I just loved it. I always want to stay because I'm always so supported by the Striders. And I this year, I've always wanted to volunteer. This year, I made it happen. And I was there all weekend. I was driving folks out. I was on the evacuation team. I got to drive up and down that road in my in my truck which is pretty cool and all weekend there just really had a great time it's a great turnout and supporting your friends it was super cool and a huge round of applause for mike turner i don't know how many messages we got like mike save me in tunnel creek i know there's a bunch of great volunteers out there but i think tunnel creek is really lucky to have had you mike turner you are a wealth of knowledge and such a friendly face to see so thanks for being out there, buddy. How many times yeah. did you drive up that road? Do you know? Uh, probably like five or six, like middle of the night. And uh, I, I got my truck has the, has the new Nevada pinstriping, which is really cool. Oh, no. I'm, I'm now a local because I got the pinstriping to prove it. Oh, man. Is <laughs> it worth it? Oh, yeah. it was. I'm going back next year for sure. Oh, that's great. Maybe get some. I don't know if they have anything for maybe yeah. guards or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm thankful for you, but I'm also thankful for everyone who has supported us through Patreon. We're so lucky. Um, we have some new Patreon people that we want to shout out: Matthew Pereira and Bruce. How do you say that last name? Amez. Amez. Whatever your last name is, we really appreciate you. We can't wait to see you guys on the trail. Um, you guys over on Patreon, we for a couple months we had um, exclusive or our all our content open. Patreon, you get some free stuff by hanging out with us as low as a dollar a month. It helps keep the lights on around here. But if you don't want that reoccurring thing, we also have a Venmo account, which is at the mile 99 interview. If anyone enjoys our content, we had a lot of new followers. So if anyone's just hearing this message, we do take one-time support over on Venmo. I think that's all the community news or mile 99 news. Mike, what's going on in the community? Well, you may not be aware of this, but our newsroom is sponsored by none other than Njinji, my favorite Tosak, the original performance Tosak. Today's episode is sponsored by them. And so if you're an avid runner and you haven't tried these, you're missing out. The company is based in San Diego. They're trusted since 1999. Uh, they have trail running socks, all different kinds of variety of socks. You know, the new wool blends. They got new artist design series socks. Lots of cool options here. So uh, they really are great to keep each of your toes separated out so you can kind of you know, just better for controlling hot spots and rubbing between your toes. So with our, through the website, ingenu.com, you can get a 15% discount. Ingenu.com backslash mile 99. 
you put your email there, they send you a code, you get a discount. Who doesn't love a discount? So thank you and Jinji for sponsoring the newsroom. And in the newsroom, a couple of things coming up. There's always a lot going up, but you know, this is the kind of year we start. The fall has a lot of a lot of options, a lot of road running, a lot of trail running, a lot of ultras coming up. And here in Sacramento, we have a lot of cool uh road running things you know there's there's like the buffalo stampede and then urban cow are some pretty popular you know half mile races uh fleet feed does a lot of cool stuff they got the trip the granite heads you know and they and they got uh, the she rocks the trails so there's lots of fun things going on in the fall a lot of folks start training for cim so we do a lot of uh, variety here so there's so much going on in august you know we got blood sweat and beers locally in auburn and then uh so much going on so a lot to happen. Lots happening. Do you have anything on the docket, Mike Turner? Yeah, I'm going to see Jesse in Arizona this October for Halloween. I'll be down there. Probably in a hundred, checking that out. Awesome. And there may be another, there may be another race in between then. Well, let us know. We like yeah. to follow you. <laughs> awesome. Well, tonight we have someone on our show that we usually hear before we see him on the trails. Um, we're going to learn more about the man behind the camera who's completed over 20 ultra mar- ultra marathons and photographed 28 races in multiple states in 2023 alone. Welcome to the show, Jesse Ellis. Hey, thanks everybody. How's it going, Jesse? It's going good. It's uh, 119 here in Phoenix, um, or that was the high today. Um, it's it breaks a hundred degrees at midnight. So uh, apparently this should be our hottest day of the year. Um, hopefully. Um, and it's the 20th day in a row over 110. I've only been home for um, a, a week since I came home from a big tour of things in California. And so haven't really been in it too much. Haven't experienced 20 days in a row, but a week's worth is definitely <laughs> more than uh, anyone would really want to bargain for. But when I went to Arizona, I really liked the heat. It wasn't that hot. I think it was under, I don't even remember. It wasn't that hot, but it's a dry heat. So you like finish your run and you're not sweaty. But I'm a very sweaty girl. So I was like, hey, I like evaporated. This is nice. But I can also see how dangerous that can be. Um, just a strange question. How does Arizona like power grid handle that i mean they have to just have a like i i wish i could explain (laughs) understand more of that kind of stuff but living on a college i live on a college campus i live at grand canyon university and so i'm kind of in this bubble of things i don't i don't worry about my electricity or any of my utilities so i honestly don't really know much about the city and what it has to do they do have one of the largest nuclear facilities in in the country that helps them out a lot so they produce a lot of power. Yeah. Well, and they do have legislation there, not to be political, just things that how they are like it, it. Anyone can go into any facility if it's over a certain degree to get some coolness. So that's cool. Uh, it's cool to be cool. So, we, yeah, when I was there, all I could think about was the power grid, because here in Northern California, it's like you're just waiting for your AC to break. You're waiting for the power grid to fail. But yeah. pe- when it's the, a place is that hot, it has to be a machine we california needs to yeah i think we've only had one rolling blackout in mm-hmm. being raised in the foothills i i yeah totally agree it's it's it was kind of like a shock i'm like how, how does everything run um i still have no clue been here for six years but no clue <laughs> I feel like it's working i don't need to question it it's working but yeah let's talk about that here on the show, we go all the way back. So, Jesse, you're in Arizona now, but where were you born and bred? I was born in Grass Valley um, and raised out there till I was basically 10. Um, we, we went to Reno for a couple of years when I was really little. But, um, yeah, eight years up in the, the Nevada County area and then moved to Auburn when I was 10 and uh, lived there till I was 32 and moved out here to Phoenix. So when you were kind of in those elementary years, any sports, any siblings in sports or parents in sports, what did that look like for you in those younger years? Yeah. So, um, I started doing cross country in middle school at Evie Kane and, um, I, but I, in my early childhood, I actually went 
to church with um, Jim King, who is a three-time Western States champions kids. Um, he moved from Newport Beach up to the foothills and actually him and his wife and their firstborn lived with my parents uh, before they bought their house for about a month while they were searching for a home. And um, that was back in 1984, 85, when that happened, right while he was in his Western States prime. So, um, and my first Western States was 1986. I was one and I was just a baby, but my parents were crewing Jim King. So um, kind of kind of crazy backstory within running. So I, I kind of just, I, I saw his example of being just the fastest guy um, in the trail scene back in the eighties. And that kind of just always led to me wondering about endurance. Um, and, but as far as my running career, I guess you could call it, uh, started in middle school. And were your, so how did your parents know Jim and how did they understand the crewing thing? How did that, are they athletes? Oh. Did they know about running? It's funny. We, we were actually just talking about that at Christmas time. And it's like, we had no idea what we were, <laughs> what we were doing. There wasn't much crewing. It was, uh, if you watch the old um, movies about uh, Jim and Jim Howard, they basically just pounded down Coke <laughs> at every aid station and just powered on to the next one. And so um, that's, you know, that, and the funny part is that he looks back on it now and he's like, man, if I just knew all the nutrition things I know these days. So he, he really thinks in his mind that the younger version of himself could have probably been around 14 hours as well. Um, wow. Yeah. So he was, he, he truly was a machine um, back in the and day. You, and you grew up with that as your normal, as this, your. This is, right. You know? As far as what. Yeah. And the normal is an interesting thing to look at. You know, if you're, if you're raised around, um, you know, parents that are alcoholics or something like that, that's what you, you're raised around. If you're around cigarettes, you're used to that. I was raised around knowing a 20, 28, 29 year old man that would run to his construction site and carries his belts in his hand and run his 10 miler to work, work all day in the sun and carry his his bag of weights back to the house, 10 miles the other direction. That was Jim King's training strategy from 85 to like 87 was doing construction and running back and forth. Um, so yeah, it, it, it kind of set this tone to me of like what it looks like to be an athlete, you know, and um, you take that into normal things that you, you say grow up with as far as ball sports looking at baseball, basketball, football, soccer, any anything like that. And then it's like, yeah, but there's a guy out there <laughs> running 20 miles a day, carrying his tools. Um, and now with all the social media we have, we get to hear all these amazing stories of all these people and see all the crazy things people are doing around the world. And the pandemic gave us a lot of opportunities to do kind of strange fitness things. Um, and so it's kind of cool to see that, you know, that, that there's people that have been doing this for years, you know, we, we say we're watching the old Rocky movie and he go where, where he's at out, out there and he's chopping wood and he's building his own weight, weight systems and stuff. So he can work out, out in the middle of nowhere. You know, th there's people that are doing that all the time. Um, well, it's one of the coolest things I'd say, uh, our good friend Kuni Yamagata did at, during the pandemic was he made his own weight, weight stuff out in his backyard. And then he, he ran around his house one day, you know, like knowing these cool stories of all these legends is just like so inspiring um, because our human potential is, I think, a huge part of what draws us towards the sport. I think so, too. And to have that when, in those younger years, it really like lays a foundation that you can do pretty much anything you set your mind to. So in middle school, you're doing cross country. Was that your only sport? No, I. Uh, my primary sport was baseball. Um, played that from uh, 10 to 14. <laughs> um, and I, I played football for two years, but I was actually your classic cross-country looking kid, just skin and bones and rather tall compared to <laughs> what my weight was like. So I uh, 
yeah, so running was my primary sport, but I also um, deep dive and things. I also was a big musical theater and choir kid. So did both those things a lot. So it sounds like your parents really invested in you being invested in other things and having that support, or if you were self-motivated to do that, maybe because of your examples, did that carry on to high school? Did you keep doing sports or what did that look like? In high school, I, it was very evident I needed to figure out my grades a little bit. So there was a little bit narrowing because of struggling my freshman year. Mm -hmm. And I ended up cutting musicals after my junior year and just did, I did the summer musicals. Um, There's always a like school year one and a summer one. Mm -hmm. So I'd always do the summer one, but in the school year, I I stopped doing it after my sophomore year and I instead switched over and tried track. So I kind of focused in more on running. I switched from being a baseball player to an umpire for a little bit and used it more as a way to stay connected and um, make a little money. But running as far as sport was, has been my focus probably since I was 15. It, well, it sounds like you, like that last thing you said, like to be an umpire, that you really like dive into these communities and so much of it for you, which we all know, well, and if you don't know, Jesse is big about the community um, here at the Mile 99, we are as well. And that's like what I'm pulling is like, you have this history of being involved in whatever in music and baseball in running um, because of the richness of the community. Um, so what did, so for track, what did, what were you running in track? Cause sometimes yeah. I'm a cross country track person. So it's sometimes really brutal for us to go from these workouts. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, can you run an 800? You're like, I can, but can I run the 1500 instead? Or yeah. so what, 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 what was your transition between the two? So, uh, I actually ran track one year. I, if I had committed my freshman and sophomore year into track and not do the musicals, I, um, I believe I would have seen an even more drastic improvement in my running because doing speed work is so important for that cross country body and you get that on the track side. So if you're doing both, it's a, it's pretty well-rounded thing. And it's also not full year season. And that's probably something that some of us struggle with it within the ultra community is there's always something going on. And we would love to be a part of all these long runs and all the workouts and cutting back and actually taking some time off could be really good for your body. And so the year I did track to answer your question, um, I ran the mile, the two mile and the 400 and I did the long jump. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That, yeah, that's interesting. Um, how was the 400 for you? Um, I was fifth on the team, so I was never a team for the four by four, Mm -hmm. but I ran a 51. Pretty consistent. You, you remember your times. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I, um, I, I have a lot of pride in that one. I just then it once you go and do track workouts, you're like, holy moly. You're like, that's far that, away from where I, I that's, yeah. <laughs> I put in the work. <laughs> I always laugh because I went to Placer High School um all yeah. four years. And when we're there at Western States, um the finish shoot the, now where the live stream is right off to the right. There's the whole wall section underneath the Hillman sign and all that. Well, that's, that's puke alley. So I mean, it is I, a good spot. Whenever I see uh, children and people gathering in the shade over there. Well, luckily the med, the medic thing was there this year. So no one could sit in 20 um, year old barf. So that's good. Yeah. So now we'll just, well, I'm probably not the only person that's done it. So just, yeah. just leaving it out there. That's cause that's the, where the finish line would be on that track is on that end. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, uh, yeah. So I've, I had a 51 and then my two mile was, my two mile was uh, faster than, than my, my mile for the most part. I, I ran a 1030. And then I ran, uh, I ran a five fifteen as my PR, but mostly I was running like five twenty. So, 
I actually get, I knew early on that I'm faster the further I go. Wow. That is really interesting. Um, like you have the engine to keep going. That's great. But, you, but also you were fifth in the 400. So that's interesting as well. You're like, well, it's, it's only this long. It's only less than a minute. So just go hard. And for anyone who doesn't know about Placer High, when me and Jesse were in school, very super duper competitive track and field team. Um, no one was beating them around intense coaching. They had a really stellar program. So um, that's quite the experience you, you had growing up with all the way from Jim King, all the way through Placer High School. That's just like rooted in running and community. Um, after high school, did you do any college sports or anything like that? What'd you do? Uh, no, I studied abroad for the first two years right out of high school. And then, um, and I got married during that time. And so I've been married for 17 years come August. And, and we, uh, we came back and I, I did do club cross country at Sierra College when I came back from college after two years. And um, I, I went to one serious inventational in San Francisco and I ran a really good 5k for me, but it was definitely not um, fast enough for collegiate level. So I was dead last with nobody in sight. <laughs> um, so it was really good for me, but at the same time I was, I was just sucking wind. So I ran a, I ran a 21. So I ran three, seven minute miles, like on average, which is still good, but it's definitely not collegiate level. And, and so I quickly realized that that ship had sailed. Um, I would have probably had to been invested a little bit longer. So after you were abroad, you got married, you came back, what kind of, how did you get kind of back into ultra running or trail running or what did you do? How did you get over 20 ultra marathons under your belt? Where did that start? So ultra started in 2013, but when I came back, I, like, like I said, I was doing some training. There was an old race that was hosted in Auburn for, I want to say it was like 23 or 33 years called the Sizzler run. And it, and it was a 10 miler that would start and finish at Sizzler up at the Forest Hill exit. And you'd run all the way down Roby. So you'd run all the way down Lincoln and, and then go all the way down Roby, down Western States. You'd use the little bypass trail before No Hands Bridge. And you'd run up Stagecoach and up Russell Road back to Sizzler. So I did that every year for about 10 years. That was probably the only race I was really running. Mm -hmm. And I ran Big Sur Marathon in 2008 as my first marathon. How come? How come that one? Yeah. Uh, like how, why did you go, oh, I'm going to be honest, looking back at it, I would say that it was the most trail um, road race you could possibly get. The views are so similar to trail and um, it was point to point which is always desirable. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, back then it wasn't this huge lottery system. And so I just entered and family went down there and I blew up like classic first long distance runner. I, I was, I was putting down eight minute miles for like the first 12 miles. And this is classic. I had a, a brand new, um, Under Armour white t-shirt. Oh no. Oh no. And I had the big old blood circles and this sweet little teenage girl goes, would you like some petroleum? Like for what? It was like for your nipples. I was like, what do you mean? And I looked down and I see them. (laughs) I, my brand new shirt, I, I took it off. I threw it away because I was just disgusted by it. I took the petroleum. I was like, what do I do with this? It's like, you just put it on it. So I get like handfuls of petroleum, rub it on. And I run the sole <laughs> second half of the race just covered in nasty goo. Um, I, I hit the wall at mile 20. I walked most of the way through Carmel into the finish and just sandbag finishes sprinted once I saw that point too. 
and finished and belated in my first experience of a marathon. And interestingly enough, and I've, I've cross-referenced this with Dean Carnazes, but literally as I was coming into Carmel around mile 23, he was going the other way. I didn't know who it was. This is 2008. Um, he's post being like the guy at States mm-hmm. and, and he's going the other way. And I go, Hey, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, I see his bib. You're going the wrong way. No, I'm, I'm, I'm running back to my car. I'm all done. It's like, Oh, okay. And it's like, where's your car? And it, fading off bid, sir. <laughs> he's running back to the start. <laughs> Un, like unsupported, nothing to gain from it. Just doing it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get to my car and I bet I can get there faster. So sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. yeah. So uh, he, he's going that way. I go into the finish. And for, for the next three miles, I, I'm just like milling over like, could have I gone further? What, wow. what could have I done different to go further? So the thought of actually running an ultra kind of sparked in that. But I'm always, because cr- cross country and track, it's all about speed. I yeah. was like, there's no way I can run an 830 pace for 100 miles. So the idea of Western States was always like far-fetched. I, yeah. I never thought, you know, a young, as a young cocky co- high school college kid, I would never have thought to be the 29 hour runner. You know, I, it, does, it didn't translate as like, there's some pride in that. Right. But the older I got, so from 2008 to 2013, when I, I ran, I paced my first Western States. Mm. Uh, that's truly where I caught the bug doing the last 20 miles with a 2901 finisher in 2013. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Benham Camerani. Um, and we, and we passed 55 people in that 20 miles and I got him going, came, came back to life. We got the 15 minute horn at green gate. Um, meaning we're 15 minutes away from cutoff Yeah, and being able to pull him into where not only did he just, he didn't just finish. He also chased uh, like an hour mark. And, and that was the whole push. It was like, let's, did you come here to try and race this? Or did you come here to just run it? Cause we could, it, by the time we hit ALT, it was like, we could have walked it in, in mm-hmm. sub 30 and we've been fine. But um, being part of the community, the cool part was as far as pacing and now towner at States was I was able to point him point out who we're passing. And so there, there are very interesting characters that we were able to pass along the way that I recognize. So like we passed Katja Corbett, she had a, a UTI issue, I believe. And, and, and so she's struggling. I'm like, Oh, do you know who that is? And she's done this and this and this, it would like boost his ego and we go a little bit faster. And then, then all of a sudden we see some more headlights and we just keep catching people like that. And not that he was in, but um, Austin Tweetmeyer was next to the horse trough just past the 49 aid station mm-hmm. pacing somebody else. And so, so that was like the last person I, I really like said, oh, that's Tim Tweetmeyer, 25 time finisher son. Like, we got to go. He doesn't care. He's just like, you know, just powering along. But like that got him up the hill. And we just yeah. passed like 10 people through Pointer Rocks area. And he just cooked it all the way down to the bridge. And I'm exhausted at this point. Uh, 2013 was, I think, the fourth hottest Western States there was. So it was like 110 by 10 a.m. And that last four miles, he actually he actually uh, burned me. He ran nice. faster than I could keep up. Um, yeah. So I take a little shortcut through the neighborhood at the top of Roby and I saw him finish, (laughs) but there's no catching him. So from that, you did your first 50 miler. Let's go through some of your races. You started in 2013, not with a 50 K with a 50 miler right at headlands. Mm -hmm. Why did you pick that one? It was a qualifier. (laughs) The time, right? There was some 50 mile for for Western States. Yeah. So I, I was hoping to get into Dick Collins, but I was like 400th on the wait list. Oh. And so being 
the 400th on the wait list. I was like, there's no way there's 400 people in the race. There's no way I'm, it's going to exhaust that list. I'm going to get in. So I decided to shoot for headlands, which was two months earlier. And then I went and did, um, so I went and did headlands and I, I, I did one loop as tr- part of my training with the race director at the time, John Brooks and got a feel for it. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do, I can do two five thirties on this. Um, it'll take some more work. And I had three weeks kind of taper down to it. Um, I, I wasn't coached. I, I just used Facebook and groups and reached out to a few people that were, um, close to my speed and my age and just befriended a few people. One major one was Miles Smythe, who is also a media person. He used to be a big photographer for Inside Trails, and he's made several films that we all enjoy. His last major one was Diamond in the Rough. Um, And so Miles and I got befriended doing that race and training for that race and chatting about it. And I had a lot of learning lessons by doing that race. Um, yeah, you know it's interesting. You're for a young guy, your race history goes back. Oh, I mean, back to the the early days where a lot of the people with races back in these days were, you know, the older crowd. But you you've been running so long, you got into a lot of these great races that all of us love. You know, I mean, Quicksilver. I mean, local stuff, Rocket Chuck. I mean, all kinds of fun things you've done over the years. You know, uh, yeah. and you kind of you can start ramping up to longer distances. Looks like in the late you know, you know, 2018, 19, you did Black Canyon and then uh, you did Havelina as well, uh, 117. So started getting into longer distances as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, As a quick jump after that, just because my whole heart and purpose for the most part with the ultra scene currently is just to qualify and get into Western States. And, um, I've also had a long journey of failure within that as well. And um, that's, that is a tough pill to swallow sometimes is getting out there and you still put it, put in an ultra distance and not be able to finish a hundred K or hundred miler. But it also shows me, shows me the brevity of like what it really takes to, to finish. And it almost like reconfirms in me why I want to do it. Um, and the failures just will be so much sweeter once it actually happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tepe, you have a we all have a mixed history of, of of success and failure, and failure is part of success. Like a lot of the, you can't have success unless unless you have failed and and have learned the hard way. And uh, yeah. for sure, you know. So we're going to get into your other parts of your career. One thing, your photography and community. But I really want to talk quickly about another one of our sponsors. One of my favorite new products is Catula and their Instigator. Man, I love this sucker. The Instigator is, I, I got a pair of Copadona this last year. I loved them. Uh, now we're partnering together for this year. And these suckers, uh, Greg used a pair at uh, Tahoe 100, this TRT 100 last weekend. But, you know, they, they, got the, they got the strap. They call it the Duralink strap. It has a thousand mile warranty on that little strap. It kind of the, goes under your foot. It has this uh, a side zipper closer. The zipper is really fat. So if you're in a muddy condition, like I was at Superior 100, mud and rain, it's so fat, you can still open it. It doesn't get clogged up with stuff. You can lay it open. It's on the sides. You can lay open the zipper, get your shoe out, change your sock without taking it all apart, which is when your hands are cold and, and frozen and muddy, the less time you're messing with your shoe, the better. So it's just been a really a great, the, the, the fabric is, it's a stretch woven nylon, so it's not too hot, but it's yet it's durable for like snags and rips. I just have loved, uh, I loved it. They're a great company. They're really focused on giving back. They have a lot of sustainable, uh, sustainability programs. It's just a great company and a great product. And I, and I just love it. So if you're, you can check them out. You get free expedited shipping. If you use our code, the mile nine, nine at checkout, get expedited shipping, check out the instigator. I love those suckers. Jessica, you have a pair as well. and You've been enjoying them, huh? I do. And you know what? I, besides my own experience, I got to watch Greg 
come in to TRT and watch him. He was very tired. <laughs> he had a really long hundred miler and he leaned over and unzipped them. I mean, he's covered in dirt and sand and grit and he unzipped them. And like underneath was like a different color. It, I mean, it was just great. Um, and he unzipped them with no issue. And that really proves the point. And you know, the, the, how light they are is really attractive to me too, because I'm already a very warm person. And for anyone who's living in warmer climates, you don't want your feet hotter. Um, I don't even notice they're on half the time. Um, that's how light and durable they are. Um, definitely worth using the expedited shipping code for sure. Yeah. Great stuff. Great products. I love them. So one thing, uh, funny Jesse's story, before I was a runner, I, I was just getting into running and I was running like five or three or five miles. And a friend of mine said, oh yeah, uh, there's this great group. They 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 meet in Auburn on a trail called Stage Coast and they actually run down to the bottom and back up. And they said, sometimes they do it twice. And I was like, what are you talking about? They run to the river, then they go do it again. Yeah, they're called Trail Whispers, and they have this Facebook group. And I was like, "What on earth are you talking about?" And I, I was so like boggled that they would run to the river two times, and and that was like that was crazy. And then uh, that was one of the early days of Facebook groups. Jesse had like one of the first first groups out there on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the Trail Whisper group. Um, for those that might not know of your patrons, like my, my handle is trail whisper. And, uh, but I created a group there in the Auburn area. Um, meetup was kind of a bigger meeting group. So, um, the Folsom like trail runners used to be a meetup group and now they do most everything on Facebook as well, but that was all there was. So there wasn't anything up in Auburn for me to kind of network with. And I just started realizing I was starting to find all these people in Auburn that would like to train with someone. So I created the, the Thursday night group and we meet at the top of stagecoach and in the evening. And so it didn't disrupt dinner or anything like that. And we would run mostly in the dark um, through the fall, winter and spring. But yeah, uh, the whole idea was hopefully to get a double in and that's actually, uh, Greg was one of the first people to come out to a group there because he was living close by. And um, and then I was doing Tuesday track workouts with uh, FCA over at Placer High School on Tuesdays. And those were the two groups that I was primarily going to and everything else was either alone or if somebody wanted to jump in on a run. Yeah, and we're gonna get more into community because you're a big uh, advocate for the community but I want to, I really want, I'm fascinated about your photography because that's really been uh, really cool. You've been getting into it the last many years and you've been into a lot of, a lot of places. I want to get into this. So how did you, how did you get into photography as a profession? So my wife actually went to Sac State and got her undergrad in photography. And we were both shooting family sessions and weddings and babies and all those kind of things. And so she train me to be her second shooter for those types of events um, or events, activities or <laughs> whatever. Um, and so I, I had kind of a rudimentary basic understanding of the camera and I had no clue what I was doing as far as editing. Um, but after having our first kid and uh, second on its way, my wife was not taking in any more weddings and things like that. So we had, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear sitting around just collecting dust. So I was like, Hey, you know, do you mind if I see if I like doing race photography? And so, uh, went down and shot two races on one weekend in 2014 in December and inside trails ended up hiring me, um, Tim Stoller, the, the last owner, and he hired me for all 17 events going into 2015. So I jumped ship from my old job and became a race photographer and worked, did the barista thing in partnership with that for the first few years. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of, uh, what a way to jump right in. Yeah. That's a full-time gig. Cause that's, I mean, you know, you're, we see you everywhere. You're in your car, sleeping in your car, traveling around. I mean, back roads. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. 
it's a big transition lifestyle. But I guess with community, you love the runners, you love running. Yeah. It's a great way to, to be connected, to stay connected. For sure. Um, especially being away from what I consider home. You know, I I really understand when people say where they're from and where they live. You know, that that's kind of how I always define it. I'm, if I'm talking to a runner, I say I'm from Auburn, California. I live in Arizona. Um, and it makes them see the whole community piece of like what 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 feels like home and then where where I live. Because I definitely have community here as well um, in Arizona, and it but it ha- doesn't have as much to do with running as when I'm back in Northern California. Um, the the few folks that have joined us on Zoom, um, Jason and Todd, and I, I'm not sure who the third person was there. Uh, they my buddy Tommy, huh? That's my buddy Tommy, one of my running. Oh, okay, we, we do stagecoach on Tuesdays, so you can come back yeah. in two minutes. There you go. Um, yeah, so Jason and Todd are actually two really big helpers in, in the community that have helped me massively. Todd lives down in the Bay Area and helps me get around a lot of times and we meet up and we touch base and we, we talk community. And Jason, actually, I, I just got off eight weeks in a row of shooting events and Jason actually went with me on the last three. And um, he's he's actually, he's a 100 mile finisher as well. He's done Rio de Lago. Um, and so it's really cool just being able to reach out to friends in the community and being able to stay at their place, catch a ride, um, get taken to the airport, whatever it is that I need. And it, it definitely bridges the gap between um, me working with some community pricing versus trying to like make all the money, you know, it's, that's not really the big heart within it. And obviously I have to pay the bills and feed my family and provide shelter. <laughs> um, so it's that there's money that needs to be had, but I'm never like focused on just gouging race directors and gouging the runners on my prices. That's yeah. definitely not my intention in anything. So um, part of that is I, if it wasn't for the community, I don't think I could keep doing it. Yeah. So talking about uh, places, I'm interested to know what are some of your favorite places or races that you've shot or mo- maybe even moments? Yeah. Uh, favorite place to photograph based on what I see. You know, if if you just got to stop where you enjoyed places on the trail, it would have to be Waldo 100K. Mm. So, Jessica, see you in a couple weeks. Um, that's another thing. I'm always, I'm always, I'm spying. I know. So, uh, it'll be really cool, um, to have her out there. Cause it's just like amazing. Yeah. You do the last 12 miles, I think on the PCT, you pass six lakes where you can actually get into the lakes. Um, just amazing. Um, to race my favorite, my favorite place to race is Woodside. Um, most race organizations in the Bay area host an event there. Um, Inside Trails has two. And so I get to photograph there a couple times. Um, it gets weather. <laughs> it gets fog. It gets rain. gets hail. Wind gets it all. But it's like, I love deep canopy. So that's also why I love Waldo. There's a lot of deep canopy, a lot of coverage. Waldo gets a little bit warmer. So hopping in lakes may sound enjoyable on the trail. You also get to peek out in Waldo and look over Waldo Lake on um, Mount Fuji early on in the race when you're feeling great. I have a question. It is you get iconic shots. People like, oh man, we're so excited when Jesse's f- doing the photography or Let's Wander is doing the photography for a race. You have to have a pretty good knowledge base of the trail system to like have an iconic backdrop. How much time does it take you to find a spot um, or kind of logistically figure out how you, because in a race, I'm like, I just saw you. How did you go from there? And now you're here. Like, how long does it take you to kind of fine tune where you go for a race? It's so funny because that's what I pride myself in is seeing, seeing people's expressions in that because it's taken probably five years for people to really recognize me in other places. Um, 
but I what what I would say is when I'm at an event, I look at the course and I look how I can I can hit every distance of racing there is the best. And that's kind of where I start with. And as soon as I'm done with whatever the short course is, especially how our local races will have maybe a 5K or 10K up to a 50K, that's how most races are. I would have, I'd be stuck on that 5K, 10K loop or close to it um, for when all the distances leave. And then I'm free to go after the long courses. So um, not that they are more important. It's just that's how time works. You know, they're out there for six to eight hours. And um, I would love to catch some other part of their, their race. Shooting in some places multiple times has definitely helped over the years. So I we didn't really talk about how long I've been shooting, but I've been shooting for eight and a half years now. And I've photographs for example the the headlands in the bay area probably 25 times at least of of all my races so i know those trails very very well and i know how long it takes to drive from say um the sca trail which overlooks the golden gate bridge which a lot of people got to experience the cool shot of that at marine ultra challenge and then make it all the way to Mir Beach. I know if I hustle on foot back to my car and I drive all the way around, it'll take me 45 minutes. But then I have a mile hike up if I want to get the Pirate's Cove shot. So yeah, there, there's a lot of work that goes into it as far as getting multiple shots. For shorter races, a lot of times they have no clue why I'm... Sometimes, like, uh, sometimes somebody will be upset that I'm on an uphill, for example. Um, in a 10k because I'm not even running. It's like, okay, so maybe maybe they're a road runner or something and they're just not used to the trail photography experience. But it's like, well, look behind you. Like if I wasn't here, you'd be taking a photo as well. Like the Golden Gate Bridge is right there. You know, you're coming uphill, but that's your background. Or um you're 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 peeking out at say um at Lake Marlette at TRT. And there's, there's three lakes right behind you, but you're coming uphill and you're at the top, you're at, you're at 7,500 or 9,000 feet or whatever, and you can't breathe, but it's not necessarily about how we're feeling. It's not about how sweaty we are from our vest. It's, it's, this is what you just did. You, you expended all that energy and you're here and, um, getting grounded and like present in that is what I hope people can experience by seeing the shot. Like, oh yeah even though I feel terrible, even though say I got IT band syndrome, I came out here for that. I just want to say everybody buy, buy photographs because I always buy photographs because it's, it's, it's not much money and it helps you guys out a lot. And it's, it's just important to try to buy some. And I always make it a point to buy some. And because my family and friends may have gotten a few here and there, but the ones you guys get are just in epic spots and, just with a great background. So I always make it a point to buy photographs. Even if I'm climbing uphill, I have some of Jesse, of me from Jesse took that I'm going uphill and I'm sweating, but you know, you know, it's just good to buy them. I do have a question for maybe a tip for, Oh, should I, should I smile? Should I look away and try to be cool? Or, you know, what, what is your favorite interaction? What should I do as a runner? It's more of my, it's more of my preference. And I understand why people want it the full spectrum. I wouldn't say that I'm in an ultra going to do a jump shot. <laughs> um, but I kid you not, some people in the second half of their ultra will jump. Jessica's jumped in my photos. No, uh, you, you mostly jumped in like a half marathon though. I don't think you've ever jumped like in a 50k 20 miles in. Look, I did at the bridge at New York New York Creek. Oh. Just for you. I did it. I was very tired, but you were very tired, but you did. So I don't think I would, but people love it. Um, there's, there's a, the Pama kids president. He jumps in every single photo, but this is where it's like eight years down the road. I know for a fact, I need to get ready. Cause even if I'm shooting way up high and down and it's not going to look like he even jumped, I know he's going to jump and he'll, and he'll like his shot. So I'll climb down the hill and I'll get that low perspective 
So it looks like he's actually up in the air because um, jumpers are just jumpers. But I'd say my least favorite thing, and there's no way I can stop this other than unless somehow we have 100,000 Northern California patrons on right now. Peace signs. I hate it. Hate it. It's the worst. Um, what about hang loose? Spider-Man, rock on. I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take any other gang sign other than peace. And here's why. Usually, if one person does it and there's a whole chain of people behind them, all of a sudden, they all are doing it. Every single person. And and it's it's an interesting sociology project that been able to see over the past eight years if you really go through galleries you'll see <laughs> yeah, you know, just in the background time. that next person's going to do it and the next person's going to do it next time i see you jesse you know what's going to happen oh yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> man that's, that's so a good because I, I yeah i'm always should i point should i smile the way you know i think there's i found the best photos. i think it depends on how the photographer's shooting like if i'm like right in the middle of the trail and you're coming straight at me I want something that's going to be interaction. I'm not saying that interaction is a bad thing, but for some reason, peace sign just, it turns into its own epidemic because if one person does it and somebody else sees, yeah. they're going to do it as well. Peace. So you're saying peace is contagious. It's peace is contagious. Yeah. Um, so we're, 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 time is moving fast. Yeah. I want to talk so. about some of your famous cover shots. You have some really cool, We've had some shots that have gotten some some coverage. Definitely. Um, there's one. So I, I always say I started in December of 2014 because it kind of rolls in 2015 quick. Um, my first Western States, Rob Carrar crossing the brand new um, bridge. Probably my most iconic favorite photo. It's in two running stores in the area. It's featured in Gold Country, and it's also featured in Auburn uh, Rain Company. It's uh, it's just it's just beautiful. This is Rob Carr, shirtless, wearing his Flora shorts, and just jamming in the heat of the day down there on Swing Bridge. Um, that's by far my favorite, and of course, it's all the way back from the beginning. Um, I. I also, I, 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 I take a lot of pride in the covers um, just because that, that really draws people's attention to things. And it, and it's interesting that sometimes I find it interesting which photos have been chosen for that. Um, but Courtney crossing the river is a really cool shot. That was the program cover. And last year, um, Ruth Croft, I got the, my first ultra running cover four Western states. And that was a pretty cool special experience to be able to have a Western states cover for ultra running magazine. But I had my first cover was from Fort Ord ordinance hundred K and it was a super cloudy, big old cumulus numbers clouds everywhere. And I got a, um, a silhouette of, a lady on the ridge with just all the clouds and little did I know that that was the winner. <laughs> um, and she, she got like 11th and it wasn't some crazy fast time. I want to say it was like 14 hours, but, um, ordinance isn't the biggest competitive race, but so she loved it. And, and it was the cover and the runners like this little tiny thing on the, <laughs> on the screen. But I think it's, it's, it shows my artistry more than it shows, that I can take a photo of a runner. And yeah. when I have those artsy shots, I think that, that those are pretty special to me. Yeah, that shows that. So, you know, sometimes you can forget when you're running those races that, oh yeah, that happened. It's good to to, to remember that because cool stuff happens. And sometimes you get your head to the ground, but yeah, that, that was a real moment. Yeah. And so it's good to remember that, that the beauty out there when you're trail running, it may be hard, but you guys capture the moment and, the, and we need to look at that and remember that the beauty around us. So it's a good, it's a good reminder. Sure. I, and I think there's beauty in the ultra things as well. I've, I've had a, 
gold race where guy blew a snot rocket out his nose and I got the cloud. I, uh, this last, I was just at Mount hood, um, 50, 50 and a guy gleat his water off to the side. I've got this big long string of gleat coming out the side. Um, you know, I've gotten the puke shot, not on like really purpose, just somebody pukes. Um, I've gotten, um, you know, people's feet just all jacked up, but if somebody didn't take a picture, you kind of forget about it eventually. Like, yeah, that that was part of your whole experience. Page yeah. um, station shots, people are sitting in chairs with their heads in their hands, you know, and all the down. It, but everybody yeah. loves a good soaking shot. Like when there's just all the water just flowing. Yeah. Over you. Yeah. Yeah. I love those moments because it captures, because you run these race, we run these races, but we forget that. Oh yeah. All that stuff actually happens. It happens to all of us. And it's just fun to, to see cool pictures like that, to capture that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're, we're getting near the end of the show. It's amazing, right, Jessica? I know. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. So everyone do peace signs. Now we know that. That's Jesse's thing. Loves it. We're going to keep doing it. No, Jesse, we're, we're so thankful that you moved a long time ago, but it's like we see you all the time. I cried when you left. I was like, my guy is gone. Like this stinks but I see you all the time and mm. so we're so thankful that you know um your family takes kind of the brunt of it that you're not around as much but we are so thankful we see you we see your wife and your beautiful family letting us borrow you for beautiful shots and make sure you guys support so before we wrap this whole thing up we're gonna do a rapid fire question quick questionnaire Jesse are you ready Right. Let's do it. Okay. Road or trail? Trail. Do you have a favorite post-race meal for big training days or big races? Yellow curry. Yellow curry. Mm, We've never heard that. Um, these, two, these two can attest to that. <laughs> do you have like a favorite spot? How did you figure out that was your thing that you were going to land Just, on? I like cold races and oh man, just hits, hits right. I love it. Um, bucket list race. Um, besides Western States, I'll, I'll, I'll add that. Okay. <laughs> um, besides Western States, I would love to do Hawaii Ironman. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. And then our most controversial you're going to have to tell us cats or dogs? dogs? Dogs. Greg's not here. It's okay, guys. We can, we can say we like dogs today. It's all right. Um, and one thing before we went, um, you see a lot of runners. So I thought your advice to new runners, I even posted it on one of our social media posts, but for anyone who didn't see it, um, cause you see a lot, you, you see every person from breaking finish lines to chasing cutoffs. And so I think some of your advice is kind of nice overall advice for new runners or for any runners. And it's um, water on you, <laughs> water on you or water in you. Drink some water, stay cool, uh, protect your skin from chafe. Any brands you love that maybe are Arizona based? <laughs> Shout out to Squirrel Nut Butter. <laughs> We've evolved from the Vaseline. Squirrel's Nut Butter. Yeah. And then uh, Jesse said, expensive shoes might solve your problems. You know what? You got to search around for new shoes. Plenty of options around here. Um, good information from people in the community, too. I, that's how I found the shoes that I wanted is I was like looking at everyone's feet around me. I was like, okay, I'll try those on. Demo days are nice. Especially yeah, since yeah. ultra running is getting so big, we can try shoes on for free all the time, which is really nice. Yeah. So thank you to Jesse for coming on the show. We are going to take next week and the week after off. So what month will we be in? August 2nd, we have Julie Fingar and her crew on to talk about bad, her second Badwater 135 yeah. finish. Usually we're, we see her because we're talking about her races, but we want to talk about that race so bad especially her second one i hear her crew has some pretty gnarly and fun stories for us so tune in um as always once again we're so thankful for everyone who tunes in and sends over some money to keep the lights on i should flick a light here 
Oh, we need, so, oh, we need more. Yeah. We didn't get any Patreons, so no. <laughs> we also have our uh, <laughs> our Venmo is at the Mile 99 interview. You like what you guys are seeing, send over a small one-time donation. We're so thankful. Um, thank you, everyone for tuning in tonight thank you jesse any of our patreons hang on we got a post show everyone else we'll see you on the trails bye okay goodbye bye <laughs>